Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Yesterday we had the privilege of reading Parshas Vayikra, which of course is the first parsha in the third of the Chamisha Chumshe Torah, a sefer which is referred to by our rabbis as Torah's Kohanim, the book, the laws of Kohanim, as it deals, at least in the first half of the sefer, almost exclusively with the laws having to do with the Mikdash. Now, months ago, we spent a significant amount of time talking about the connection between davening, the way we know it, the way we experience it, the way we understand it today, and the karbanos that were brought in the Beis HaMikdash many years ago. Uh, this would be, I thought, a great opportunity to spend a little more time focusing on some of the connections. And what I'd like to do today is really focus on one specific point, which we had not mentioned in the past, and that refers to a specific act as part of the Avoda, which was mentioned repeatedly in yesterday's parsha, And that concept is known as smicha. Smicha over here is not to be confused with the type of smicha that we are familiar with today when we speak about rabbinic ordination as being smicha, but actually the term comes from the very same concept, and that is an individual placing his hands on top of another. When we speak about rabbinic ordination, so the first one to give smicha was Moshe Rabbeinu, gave smicha to Yehoshua, and he did so by putting his hands on top of Yehoshua's head. The Torah records, in connection to the Avodos HaKarbanos, a similar process in which the one who is bringing the karban, the bala karban, does what's called smicha, where he takes his hand and he puts it on the head of the animal before the animal is brought as a sacrifice. Now, obviously, over there, uh, the animal is not getting, quote-unquote, smicha. He's not being ordained. But what exactly is happening over there? So we would seem, most assume, that this is part of the process of vidui. As part of the confession of one's sins, he takes his hand, puts it on top of the animal's head, and in a sense, um, sort of transfers his sins over to the, to the animal. Obviously, that is somewhat of an oversimplification, but that seems to be sort of the concept behind it. For, so, for example, we find in Parshas Achrimos that the Kohen Gadol, as part of the process of Vidu and Yom Kippurim, he performs smicha by putting his hands on the animal. But the problem with this pshat is that we find that there are certain kabanos that we read about uh, yesterday in Parshas Vayikra, which are not brought in connection and conjunction with a particular sin, such as, let's say, an olas nadava, if a person wants to just bring a special gift as a karbon, uh, it's not coming as a response uh, to any particular action, this is not being brought as part of a kapar, an atonement, this is just being something that is brought as a gift, so there is no hate that is associated with this particular karbon, but yet there still is smicha. So how can we understand the need, the function of smicha in this context. So the Chizkuni, in his commentary on Parshas Vayikra that we read yesterday, so he says like this, he says, hapshat, according to the simple understanding, kach minhag adam. This is the practice of people. When a person wants to begin, wants to begin, wants to engage in something which is of importance, they will prepare themselves for this process. A person will not just go ahead and begin something, but rather will take some time beforehand to prepare himself. And the idea of the Balakarban taking his hand and placing it on top of the animal, so the Chizkuni says, this is a way of preparing himself for this act. The concept of Hasmana, that I'm not just going to rush into something certainly something that has the potential to be an awe-inspiring experience, but rather I'm going to take a moment beforehand in order to prepare myself 
for that which is about to happen. Now, of course, we find in general, when it comes to matters having to do with Kedusha, so we find uh, a similar idea. So using that very word, Hasmana, which the Chizkuni uses over here, so we know that the Halach is, this is taught by Chazal, it's recorded in Shulchan Aruch and Simon Lamed Beis, that when it comes to the preparation of, of a klaf, let's say, the parchment that is going to be used for Sefer Torah, Tefillin, Mezuzah, so the klaf is prepared with an actual verbal declaration. The Mechaber says, Tov As a person is preparing the klaf uh, physically to be able to use for this purpose, it is best to articulate with his mouth. That a person should say that I am preparing it for this purpose. The idea again is to take something that is about to be used for the purpose of Kedusha and to designate it, not to just rush right in and just go ahead and go through the process, but that there should be a moment of reflection, of thought beforehand. We find that when it came to Kabbalah Satora, the moment of Maimon Har Sinai, so there there were the Shloshes Simei three days of preparation, in which Moshe Rabbeinu instructed the people, giving them very, very specific directions as to what they should do in preparation for this event, so that they can prepare themselves to fully absorb the experience that followed, rather than just going ahead and showing up. Now, regarding our conversations having to do with tefillah, so here it's very, very clear that preparation for davening is something which is so essential to the process itself. The Gemara cites a pasuk from the Navi Amos, that we should prepare ourselves before greeting Yisrael, our God. And the Gemara learns from here many halachos regarding the proper way to prepare for davening. There's a famous Mishnah Masechus Brachos that teaches that Chasidim Harishonim Hayushon Shoachasim Ispalin, that there were a group of very pious Jews who used to prepare themselves for an entire Shoah, which perhaps we would say is an hour, and even if it's not an hour, a substantial amount of time before davening. Why? In order that they could just get themselves in the proper mindset before davening to Aviyam Shebashemayim, their Father in Heaven. The idea being that davening is something which can be such an expiring experience, it could be such an awesome experience, but the likelihood of our being able to achieve that sort of satisfaction and fulfillment is going to depend on how much thought and time and preparation we put in beforehand. If we just show up, we just sort of roll out of bed and just open our sitter and start davening, so we are not really setting ourselves up for success. In order to really, really make it, make it a successful endeavor, so we have to commit ourselves to really preparing ourselves in this way. And this idea, at least in my mind, is very similar to the way the Chizkuni explains this idea of smicha. That before a person is about to do something that is important, a person is going to prepare himself beforehand thoughtfully so that this could be a meaningful experience. Now this obviously requires a commitment. Uh, We live at a time in which everything, uh, for the most part, has become completely automated. We are so accustomed to have everything done for us. Uh, Things which used to take a substantial amount of time now can be done in the fraction of a second. And we don't have much patience in general for having to wait for things. We just like things being done in a very, very quick, efficient, automated manner. As we know, there are certain things in life which can be done effectively in a very, very quick and efficient and automated manner, but many, many things in life, particularly those that require uh, an investment of time and thought and effort, so there are no shortcuts. And in fact, if we try to apply 
the sort of shortcuts that we take advantage of in other areas of life, we're going to be very frustrated because the experience is not going to be nearly as satisfying, uh, if at all. And the concept of hachana, of actually needing to sort of prepare ourselves for an experience like that is something which uh, we really need to think about. Rav Salavetsch, Rav apparently once said that uh, you know Jews in America have succeeded to a certain extent to sort of preserving and reclaiming Shabbos. You know, there were times, uh, certainly, where it was a very, very big struggle uh, for Jews to be able to keep Shabbos and at the same time uh, support their families. Uh, Baruch Hashem, this is uh, something that we, for the most part, can't even relate to today. But the Rub said, you know, to a certain extent, there were segments of the community who succeeded in preserving Shabbos, however, lost the connection to Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos is the day of the week in which we prepare for Shabbos. And I think many of us, and this is, I think, the point that the Rav was making, we just sort of transition right into Shabbos. You know, if we're lucky, we'll take a shower beforehand and we'll do whatever last-minute preparations are necessary in order to begin Shabbos. But to really, really, really set aside the time to prepare ourselves, to get in the mindset. So when Shabbos begins, we are ready to receive, to be Mechabel, that Kedusha, this is not something which comes quite naturally uh, to many of us. And this is something which requires an investment of time. This requires a commitment, um, and a person needs to decide, is this going to be a priority of mine? I guess I'll mention, because of the fact that it's now a week and a half or so before Pesach, that uh, Pesach is a yamtav that, of course, requires a lot of preparation. In fact, uh, the Gemara in Pesachim tells us that Sholem Bedoshim Bilchus HaPesach that for 30 days before Pesach, we should be we should be asking questions and engaging in the process of preparing for the Yom Tif. Naturally, there's a tremendous amount of preparation that goes into Pesach, the cleaning, of course. And at times, there is a tendency that some have to complain. Uh, sometimes we can come across as being somewhat cynical towards this entire process. Let us try to make sure that that doesn't happen. First of all, it sends a terrible message to our children, and it will affect their appreciation of the Yom Tif. Uh, if we complain about how difficult it is and all the preparation that's necessary, um, we will, not necessarily intentionally, but we will impart a message to those who are listening that we find uh, the performance of mitzvahs to be burdensome. We find them to be challenging, uh, annoying. Uh, this is something that's taken over my entire life. We shouldn't convey that message to others, and it's not good for us. We should realize that ultimately, hachana, the preparation that we put into anything, will enhance our appreciation of the mitzvah. And this is true by other aspects of Yom Tov itself. So the mitzvah of matzah is one the Chazal tell us uh, we should prepare for by not eating matzah on Erev Pesach. Many of the custom not to eat matzah ready for 30 days beforehand. But the idea over here is that the mitzvah essentially begins before Pesach starts. The preparation, the anticipation of the mitzvah ultimately becomes part of the mitzvah itself. And of course, there are other ways that we can and should be preparing for Pesach. When we think about uh, the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which of course is such an important mitzvah that we fulfill on the night of the Pesach Seder. So one way that we can fill this mitzvah is to sort of show up and pick a Haggadah, open it up, and hope for the best. Uh, but it probably makes sense to prepare beforehand. Some have the custom of reviewing the Haggadah beforehand. On Shabbos Haggadah, there was a custom to begin uh, reading. Now, there are different opinions as to whether you should actually read the Magid. Perhaps you shouldn't do that because it says, You would think that the mitzvah begins beforehand. So the idea over here is not to perform the mitzvah beforehand, but rather to prepare ourselves. And so I think we've gone a little bit off course because we usually try to focus over here on davening. But I mentioned davening as being 
one example, and of course there are many others as well that we can think of, mitzvos in which the preparation that we put in beforehand becomes a very, very important and essential part of the process of the performance of that mitzvah. And that may be, as a chizkuni teaches, that may be the concept of smicha that we read uh, yesterday in Pashas Vayikra, that when a person is preparing a karbon, when a person is doing something which is designed to bring him closer to the Rabbana Shalom, so says the chizkuni, don't just rush into it. Don't go ahead and just, you know, show up, but put in the time and effort beforehand. And let us remember that it's true in general, but of course, this is praying on purpose, so just let's remember that when it comes to davening, most important that we need to set some time beforehand that we can try to detach and disconnect a little bit from the world so that our experience will be meaningful and fulfilling. And we will see that commensurate with the time and the effort and the thought that we put in beforehand, the experience will be that much more satisfying. You have to try it to see it, but we will see, you will see, I will see that if we put in that time beforehand, that it will be well worth it. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day.